how's it going? I've been in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam for the last uh, 10 days, almost 10 days, and today's my last day here. I was talking to a good mate of mine about you know my experiences here and how I sort of flow and how things work. He was saying you should really share that with other people because it's really interesting the way that I tend to travel. I, I don't know how many countries I've travelled to, um, done lots and lots of travel over the years, all sorts of different travel, um, and... I do have a particular approach with the way that I travel and I've and it works for me. I don't know if it's going to work for everyone. It certainly works for me and enables me to get what I believe is a better experience when when you're travelling. The first thing I do when I travel is I don't plan a long time in, a, in advance. You know, so this trip I think I decided maybe three or four weeks ago, at the, yeah, and I decided, yep, I'm going to go to Vietnam because of the way I'm set up and the way I run my businesses, I can do that. So I basically just booked some tickets for my place to uh, to Ho Chi Minh. And so I got, I got an in and an out. And because I'm flexible with timing, you know, I can pick dates that uh, that work for me, but also where the flights costs are lower. If I'm using points, I get better bang for my buck with points. So that's the beauty of having flexibility, not only where I go, but also when I go and when I come back. So that's the first thing. I don't plan a long time in advance because things change and... You know, you might not be interested anymore. So for me, planning something too far in advance doesn't really make a lot of sense. I travel really light. I don't take a lot of stuff. So on, on this trip, I've got a small carry-on bag and a backpack. That's it. Um, and the reason I do that is I don't check in luggage. So I try not to check in luggage when I travel. Uh, it all depends on your, the location because if you're in a where you need a lot more clothes because it's colder, sometimes it's not going to work. But, you know, this is a warm climate, so it was easy. So I've even carried the mic and the camera, the gear that I'm recording this with, and still was able to do it all with no checking. So that makes it a lot easier when you come out the other end, you don't have to go and wait for bags, all that sort of stuff. So that's the second thing that works really well is to travel super light. Um, most times I've found, and even on this trip, probably I'd say half of the stuff that I've taken I haven't really touched. So that means I've probably overpacked as well on this particular trip. When I go somewhere, I only book accommodation for maybe the first couple of nights. Um, so look up accommodation. I normally use booking.com or Airbnb. They're the two go-to places. I'm a member of the ACOL group. So, I'm, you know, typically what I want to do is just get a bearing and get myself located. So I certainly don't book accommodation for my trip. I only book accommodation for the first two nights, three nights maximum. And the reason I do that is for a lot of reasons. Um, firstly, you know, you might be in a location and then you find it's not a great location for what you want to do. So then you can move. And there could be something not great with the accommodation. You know, it, might, it looks all fantastic, but you might find that doesn't really suit you so then you've got the ability to change and so it's sort of like what I call my drop-in accommodation to start off with and I'd normally you know like on this trip this is my third you know I've had uh, nine nights of accommodation and uh, this is my third place and so I've done an Airbnb I've done a hotel I've done another Airbnb so I've mixed it up a bit I try to find accommodation in different locations which is really cool so that means you you get to know a different zone. I've got a pretty good feeling for Ho Chi Minh. This city, for example, is interesting. One of the things I love to do um, when you're exploring a city on foot, it's great. I love walking. But, gee, you can get tired and you can't cover as much ground. So typically what I do when I land somewhere, I always hire a motorbike or a scooter. So I hire a motorbike or scooter. I think here in Vietnam it was... Uh, 
from a US dollars point of view, it was about six six dollars a day, six US dollars a day, seven US dollars a day to hire a, uh, a motorbike. So it's pretty good. Um, and so I just hired a motorbike, and then it gives you the ability to explore, go out further, you know, do lots of trips, and you just get you get to get a bit of a better sense. You know, I do mix it up. I don't I don't feel like I have to jump on the motorbike every day. It's there. I know I can use it. But it's uh, it really makes the experience a lot more pleasant, and also yeah, in amongst it, in Southeast Asia, I love travelling through Southeast Asia. You know, motorbikes and scooters are the way to go. Here, Thailand, uh, Indonesia, most of the locations use motorbikes. It's it's a lot of fun. I really love it. And so I hire a motorbike. It's pretty cheap, and it means you can get around and you can actually get outside of town and explore things that you wouldn't normally do. The other thing I just don't do is tours. I don't do organised tours. Um, never have done, never will do. And, and the basic reason is, look, most people do tours. Um, tend to be a big crowd. You tend to get places. You're with a whole bunch of people. It's pretty slow moving. Uh, anyway, there's a whole bunch of reasons. So I don't do tours. I keep away from tours and I just like to explore. And I like to leave the space open for things that might just come up. So I don't have a really clear plan of what I'm going to do when I go somewhere. So when I came here to Ho Chi Minh, I didn't have a plan. I was going to do this, go and see this. Do I, I didn't really have that. I, I have been here before. This is my third time, so I've got a bit of a feel for it. I've done different things each time. Last time I went up to Hanoi, which was really cool. But I, did, I was pretty open. And I know part of it is just to let things flow and see what comes up. And then you can just explore it a little bit. And so what I typically find is when you're engaging with local people in any location, you just chat to them. I talk to people. Where, and one of the questions I ask is when I meet anyone, I say, oh, where, where are you from? You know, I know they're obviously from Vietnam if I'm talking to a local person, but they might tell me their hometown or their country town. Oh, I'll say, oh, tell me about that. And then they'll start talking about it and then I'll have a bit of a look at it. And, you know, there's a little bit of a – things just flow a little bit. That's the way I look at it. So it's a bit of fun when you do that. If you're receptive to that and you just talk to people, you'll find that the things that should be coming your way or things that you should be doing just get presented in front of you. It always works for me. Um, That's just how I found most of my trips. If you want to find out how you can build your own ideal business and your own ideal life, head to the show notes and follow the links to take our ideal business quiz, which will give your business a score on how ideal your business is to date highlighting your current strengths and areas to work on to make your business more ideal for you. Or you can simply go to www.invisbiz.com. That's with two Zs instead of S's and get your score after the episode. Now, back to Paul. A really good example on this trip, it's happened a few times, was that uh, I was getting a foot massage um, just around the corner from my, my second accommodation Chatting to the chatting to the lady, was having a good, and I, I asked her where you're from, and she said, oh, "I'm from the Mekong." I said, "Oh, right." And I, you know, I haven't been on the Mekong Mekong rivers, you know, five thousand, just under five thousand kilometres. Haven't been on the Delta. I thought, gee, that'd be really cool. So tell tell me about that. She goes, "Oh, this and that." She was telling me about her hometown, and there's a town called Bintray. I never pronounce it right, but it's a. I said, "Right." And she says, "Oh, there's really good accommodation there too, you know, homestay at Cocos Island." So she pulls up this accommodation. Uh, something that I would never have found. And I looked at it and I went, okay. Looked at it, it was about, I think it was about 90 k's south of Ho Chi Minh. So I went, excellent. But, you know, I got some information from her and thought, well, that sounds like a plan. You know, I'm just going to head down that way. 
So looked at the accommodation, booked online. Didn't look like there was there wasn't a lot of English with it. Didn't matter. I just booked the accommodation. The other thing I've learned through Southeast Asia, I mean, if I said ninety kilometres, you'd think in most Western countries, oh, that's going to take about an hour, an hour and a half. It, it was about three, three and a half hours. It just takes longer to get anywhere. And I try to get off the motorways if you can and explore some of the, uh, you know, so I, I don't just focus on getting somewhere. I really focus on the journey and seeing what I can see on the way and exploring. So having destinations is a really cool way to explore any city. So anyway, I went down there. The accommodation was really cool. It was actually these huts, these sort of bamboo thatched huts on the Mekong River. They're very, very cheap. I think it was about 50 US a night. Included breakfast. Uh, you had this cabin right on the Mekong River. Uh, I was the only person staying there. Um, they were a bit confused as to why a non-local person was staying there because obviously it's a resort for mostly local people. But it was cool. And so it was there for a night. It was very basic, but I had a really unique experience. Amazing. Uh, sunset on the Mekong, sunrise on the Mekong, did some great yoga there. It was just fantastic. And then I sort of packed up that day. I had to catch it. It was on an island, so I had to catch a ferry across to it. And then I went down to this town called Bintray just to see, just to explore it and see how, see if I could get on the Mekong or, you know, have some sort of a way of getting out on the river. I thought I'd just see if I could run into someone and have a chat. I didn't want to do a big tour. There's lots of tour this and tour that and go on the Mekong and do that, big boats. But I was really clear. I thought, yeah, it'd be really cool to actually go on the Mekong. And then I was just walking around. I was walking around the town and then, Someone wandered up and this man walks up to me on the street and says, would you like to go on a boat on the Mekong? And I went, yes, I would, actually. It would be fantastic. And so, you know, often people say, don't, don't, you know, you just, I don't know who he is and, you know, does he do a good tour? Is he going to rip you off? Blah, blah, all that sort of stuff. So what do I do? Here's what I do typically. I'd say, yeah, look, I'm thinking about doing that this afternoon. Can you give me a bit of information? And I'll get his number off him. So he'll give me his WhatsApp number. And then I can, with his WhatsApp number, I can do a little bit of research, you know, look up his number, see if there's a business behind it, see if I can find him, and which you typically can. So Mr. Fee was his name, looked it up, seemed okay, seemed pretty authentic, got a good vibe and feel from the guy. So, I said, so then I just messaged him back and said, yeah, look, I'm good, meet you on the street. And he says, yeah, come. So I met him, uh, met him with the motorbike, we drove out to where his boat was, and it was fantastic. So it was just him, his nephew who was driving the boat, little three-metre boat, and we just went on our own, just cruised through the Mekong Delta, all down the alleyways. He took me through some of the local farms, and it was just fantastic. Really knowledgeable guy. Great trip. I got some insights that I would never have got. Very relaxed, and it was all by chance, really. So it was fantastic. And so that was just, you know, you get this. And I think that tour cost me uh, 40 US dollars for almost three hours, which is just brilliant. And then I'd say to him, oh, well, you know, what should I do? Yeah, what's the best way? Because oh, I'd stay off the motorway, so he gave me some really good directions to go back, taking some of the back roads, going through some of the smaller villages and seeing some of the areas, which was really cool. So it's just an example of the approach. It's, it's a little bit about just letting it flow, let things flow. Talk to people, which I love to do, and you just find out from people that there's – and you've got to be open to – to just, you know, when someone mentions some something to you, you go, oh, that sounds really cool. I think I'll do that. It's a really good way to go because you're talking to local people. And if it's something that you're interested in and doing, you know, I might check that out. And I've done that with places to eat, places to go and visit, um, you know, where you could get things. It's just fantastic. So it's a bit of an approach that I use when I'm traveling. 
Uh, I do a lot of travelling. Last last month I was in Thailand, um, here in Vietnam. Not sure where I'll go next month, um, but always just exploring and I'll keep it really open. So that's my approach with travel and stuff. Keep things really fluid, really open. Go with the flow a bit. Just chat to people and you find out, you know, without having to lock things in. Because when you do lock things in, you know, it sort of restricts your ability. And it, you might change. You might feel like, oh, I don't really want to do that today. I'm feeling a bit tired, whatever. So it's just enabling you to, to do what it is that you love to do at that point in time. So I don't go with any expectations. It's been a fantastic trip. I've done a few things. I sort of, uh, someone suggested I go to a place called Monkey Island. Never heard of that, which is about 70K south. You catch a ferry, catch a boat, all those sorts of things, uh, mostly for local people. So I did that another day jumped on it so just exploring the area I've had some amazing experience not no tours you know and when you go to these places I go to Monkey Island I think the whole entry go out going cost me like $10 if you do a tour it costs you you know 50, 60, 70, 80 dollars so it's a lot cheaper you get a much more unique experience and you're just sort of going with the flow a bit. So hopefully, uh, yeah, I wanted to give you share some insights. I love travelling like that. That's how I tend to travel. Uh, it really does work for me. It gives you a really different experience and a way to get more out of any location you're at. Thanks for joining me and I'll catch up with you on the next video. Ciao for now. Thanks for listening. As you know, we grow organically. Uh, it's really people like yourself that enable us to get the word out. If you like what you hear, please uh, give us a rating, leave a good comment and share this with your friends. Thank you. Thank you.